Welcome back. This is MLEX's weekly podcast covering the top regulatory news of the moment. My name is James Paniki, and it's great to see you again. Now, if you're a user of the messaging service WhatsApp, you may have noticed a policy update from the Facebook-owned company recently. Chances are that you won't have read all 4,000 words explaining what the update was about, and this is something that regulators around the world are worried about. As we've been reporting over the past few weeks, it's not so much the content of the updated policy as much as the way in which it has been communicated that is worrying authorities. And we should point out that in the EU in particular, there is still bad blood over Facebook's 2014 acquisition of WhatsApp and the promises that were made at the time and later broken. Our coverage of both the European and the global dimensions of this story have been led by our London-based tech reporter Jakob Krupa and in Brussels by our chief correspondent Matthew Newman, who covers data privacy, telecoms, cybersecurity, etc. Both Matthew and Jakob are with me now. Okay, so um, Matthew, how did WhatsApp announce the privacy policy change and what did it say? Well, hello, James. It's... um came out on uh, January 4th, and it was kind of a surprise for users around the world. Uh, in the new year, they got a message from uh, WhatsApp that there was a new policy change. And what happened is that you, you looked through this lengthy document, which was 4,000 words, and you couldn't really understand what the change was. So you'd have to really look through it with a fine-tooth comb to see what uh, policy change meant for the average uh, user. So uh, WhatsApp was um, uh, kind of confusing people, and that was the uh, accusation from uh, the data privacy regulators, certainly in in Italy. The change, it turns out, was actually quite minor, um, but it it just came across as rather alarming because what it did say is that if you didn't agree to this policy change, you would be cut off by February 8th. And so a lot of people looked at that and said, well, this is just impossible. I, I can't possibly read through this document and I have no idea what it says. And um, I'm, I'm actually quite worried about it. And I think that was the beginning of the troubles for WhatsApp. Well, let's talk about that. So it's, it's not so much the content of the policy changes. It's the way in which it was presented, presumably, and also this ultimate um, sense of having a, a deadline or an ultimatum if you don't accept them as we've presented them to you, then you're kicked off the platform, right? I think it's pretty fair to say that this was a communication mishap. That's probably a nice word for it. Uh, I don't think that anybody at WhatsApp or, or Facebook had any idea that a mere policy update would result in millions of its users uh, dumping the service and going to rivals like Telegram or signal. Uh, I, I think that the, the the policy change was 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 minor. Uh, it, it essentially means that uh, your your chats on WhatsApp would go with businesses uh, would now be um, allowed, and the uh, essential part of the service, which is this end to end encryption, uh, remains private. So 
in in a sense it absolutely meant um very very little for the, for users but it was the the way it was done it was the way it was rolled out uh without any kind of you know introductory note like dear whatsapp user we're just making this minor change so you could communicate better with businesses it was read this 4000 word policy change and just accept it and if you don't you're going to be cut off Jakob, before moving on to issues of substance, I know that your most recent piece uh, for us published um, early on Thursday morning, in fact, was in part uh, the the response from uh, WhatsApp's Neve Sweeney. Uh, Could you tell us something about that? Because she seems to concede that it was, there were some communication problems with the way in which it was rolled out. Definitely. Hello. Yes. So so just as Matthew said, I mean, there's, there's a the, the response is basically around, you know, it's always like that. It's always what the company says. It's, there's confusion, there's misreporting, there's inaccurate reports. But the, at the end of the day, I think somewhere between the lines you, you've heard her say as well, you know, perhaps we didn't communicate it as clearly as we should have. And perhaps that's why um, there's all this confusion. The, the change really is not that massive, but uh, there's certainly a lot of concern about what it means. And I think it's understandable when you get a document which is 4,000 words long, and you kind of look at it um, uh, you know, between messaging someone about your cat and something else, you probably don't want to kind of see too many legal terms in there. Um, and I think in that sense, that concern is understandable. So uh, from from um, Neve Sweeney, there's, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of explanation given to UK lawmakers about what's actually in there and why they should not be worried. She even went as far as to say, I can guarantee, I can absolutely say that there's no change to the way we, we share data with Facebook. Um, but but obviously, the, you don't win that kind of debate with UK lawmakers, You as as, as interesting, as, as engaging as they can be. You have to win the community and you know, kind of explain that to the general public. So if there are no major changes to the way in which WhatsApp shares uh, information with uh, Facebook, what prompted this change to its uh, privacy policy? What is the main uh, thrust of what they are trying to achieve? So basically, I think the key thing we need to remember here is that WhatsApp is a free app. And a few years back, you can remember that, and that was probably one of the first apps that at least I remember using and paying for. You would pay $1 per year to use it, and that'll be a kind of a way to generate. Now, when you think about the fact that WhatsApp has now over, over 2 billion users, that's not too shabby. I mean, you can you can live with that sort of money, but obviously they dropped it. Um, and with end-to-end encryption, it's kind of difficult to find an obvious way for you to make money on this. And the idea behind the whole change, and Nick Sweeney was talking about exactly that as well, about kind of generating, well, basically, it's supposed to be that kind of super app where you can kind of chat to people, but also you can chat to businesses where you can get the latest advice from, you know, your favorite company or all the cake at your local cafe or whatever. Um, and doing all these kind of things in one up. And that kind of shows, I guess, how WhatsApp has become not just a messaging service. And that that's in many different parts of the world, you know, with, with in, in some countries you can use it to all sorts of things or even replace, replace your landline or kind of you just call people through WhatsApp primarily as opposed to, you know, just a secondary source um, on top of your normal user phone. But here the idea clearly is to get that business element there, to use uh, WhatsApp's API and that, that, that works with third-party clients to make sure that you can develop a whole platform around that where you can literally just message a business say hello guys they want the cake they show you the cakes you can buy the cake you don't have to leave the app 
and through that, obviously, WhatsApp makes money. Now, that in itself does not sound controversial. There are, there are examples like that around the world, WeChat, for example. But obviously, it is different to what we know WhatsApp is being used for primarily. So, Matthew, if this was not a, a, a radical change on the part of WhatsApp, it could be argued that, in fact, the truly significant change came back in 2016 when uh, WhatsApp began re- requiring its users to share their phone number and other personal data with Facebook. I mean, that, in a way, was the big, uh, that was the big significant change, wasn't it? That was the big change, and I think that's uh, gone completely unnoticed in this whole controversy over the policy, privacy policy. Uh, I think the idea that you use a service like WhatsApp and don't have any kind of data exchange uh, is, is pretty incredible. Jakob said it perfectly. It's like you have to get to the monetization part of this story. And that goes back to 2014, where WhatsApp was bought for $19 billion. So just imagine that. You're buying an app that has zero revenue, okay? And you expect that you're going to make money off of it someday. So I think for the first couple of years, um, there was a real hands-off approach to WhatsApp. Facebook was essentially allowing the uh, the founders to do uh, exactly what they wanted with it. And then um, Mark Zuckerberg uh, had this idea that, well, wait a second, we, we do want to compete with uh, other uh, kinds of uh, transactional apps like WeChat, and we want to turn this whole thing into a, a money-making um, part of Facebook. On top of that, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, announced that he wanted to integrate uh, Facebook into the other messaging services that Facebook uh, runs, and that's uh, Instagram. And that was highly controversial at the time, right? Because there'd been a-, a commitment in Europe not to do that. Absolutely. So that that was um, already got Facebook into trouble. Um, so the European Commission uh, investigated uh, whether or not Facebook was being truthful when it um, announced its merger. Uh, ac- its acquisition back in 2014. At that time, Facebook said, oh, there's no technical ability to integrate the data from from these services. And it turns out, yes, there is. And so they were fined 110 million euros. And that was really kind of the first kind of chink in the armor of Facebook's um, credibility uh, with WhatsApp. And I think that Facebook, wh- why has there been such a, uh, a huge reaction against this privacy change? I think it's it's kind of building up over the last years where Facebook has a credibility problem with its users. And so they do, they don't take it on face value when they see a policy change. They're like, oh, well, I'll just click yes and accept, and and it's all good. They the the users are like, well, I'm not so sure about this. And then um, there was some miscommunication, uh, and then there was misreporting about it, where you know some reports actually said that Facebook uh, would get access to the the actual chats um, on WhatsApp, and so that's why a, a whole a group of uh, users just just decided to to dump to change uh, to to Telegram or Signal, and that's that's why we're in the situation where Facebook has really taken a, a step back and 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 said that they were going to delay this change to May fifteenth. Now, well, let's talk about the regulatory response to all of this because, as our team of reporters has uh, so diligently reported over the past uh, week or so, there have been. 
uh, a myriad of responses from jurisdictions all over the world. Uh, Jakub, uh, tell us something about that response. What has been uh, the, the, the biggest challenge from a regulatory point of view for WhatsApp? I think there's been a lot of concern about the changes and also about the pace and kind of the, the lack of choice um, that Matthew as well highlighted there. You know, we've had people in Australia, the Australian Competition Consumer Commission, saying that they're concerned. The Philippines National Privacy Commission as well saying we're investigating this. In India, a number of questions sent to the company um, asking them to withdraw the change, saying it's discriminatory for Indian users. There's even an attempt to secure an injunction in court to prevent the change of, of terms and conditions and, and the privacy policy. I think for me, what what's fascinating, and that's obviously perhaps because I'm, I'm based here, is the kind of different voices you've had in Europe again, with Ireland saying, you know, we've had queries about it, but we are we think it's about providing clearer, more more detailed information on how and why um, WhatsApp uses that data, and there's no change, it's all fine. And then, you know, the Italian authority or one of the German regulators saying, well, actually, <laughs> we think it's, it's more complicated than that. We think something is wrong here, we think it's extremely unclear, we need to look at it very closely. And I think in that sense, you know, there will be a, 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 a high pile of correspondence on WhatsApp's desk about about all of this. And, and, and these questions, again, very different around the world, because also kind of in a way reflecting how WhatsApp is being used in these countries. Yeah. And Matthew, as you pointed out before, Facebook responded to this criticism by saying it would uh, delay the update until uh, May the 15th. Will that make a real difference for consumers or is it simply just a, a sort of a, a delay of a few weeks? Well, I think a lot of the damage has been done. Uh, if you've already switched to Signal or to Telegram, you might be reluctant to switch back to WhatsApp. So uh, the damage control uh, is, is in full gear right now from, from WhatsApp. And, and we did hear from uh, Will Cathcart, uh, the head of WhatsApp, uh, responding to those changes, um, saying that they wanted to be more transparent. They wanted to uh, describe this um, this business, these new business features much better. And if they are clear about what they can do uh, with your information, then it might uh, stop people from uh, switching. Um, in the end, it's, it's really a, a question of, do you trust uh, Facebook? Do you trust uh, WhatsApp with your with your data, and that's you know I think I think that the F- Facebook's got um, some work ahead. Um, they've given themselves a lot more time uh, to to convince uh, their users, um, and ultimately they they could get some people to um, to stay, and that that's the that's the end goal here. Uh, that remains to be seen. And they'll have to reassure the regulators. Now I I noted that. Um, the Italian response to this was uh, a prominent part of, of your initial report. Why have we singled out the Italian? Why is the Italian response so interesting? Well, that uh, statement from the Italians really summed up uh, very succinctly what the problem was. And I, under the um, European Data Protection Law, the GDPR, users must have the ability to give uh, consent to any kind of uh, data exchange, uh, data use, data processing. And that consent has to be uh, given freely and unambiguously. And the privacy policies have to be clear 
and transparent and in non-legalese wording. So everyday language uh, that's understandable for users. And it really looks like from the statement from the Italians that um, Facebook has failed uh, uh, and on that account. Just, just to read you uh, a part of the quote here, um, it, the Italian authority says, it is not possible for users to understand what changes have been introduced, nor to uh, clearly understand which data processing will actually be carried out by the messaging service. And that sums it up absolutely, uh, very clearly, and that is the main concern. People did not know what was going on with this policy change. Jakob, you wanted to add something to that? Yes, I think part of the what was really interesting in terms of WhatsApp's response to that is what Neve Sweeney um, talked in, in the UK Parliament about it, when she was saying basically, don't be so happy about people moving to Signal or Telegram, because actually these platforms, as she called it, as she said it, and they make the virtue of not cooperating with law enforcement. So basically, if you want to tackle anything else, these platforms will not let you do that. So, so be, be, you know, be very careful what you wish for, because we are working with you. We are trying to tackle on things like online harms or terrorist content. The other companies may not be doing this, and I think there's a, there's an element of regulatory pressure there as well of, of WhatsApp saying basically, you really should take a step back and think whether that's the right thing to, because if you lose us, it it may get worse and, and, and in other places. Jakob and Matthew, this is uh, clearly a big story. It's got a long way to go yet. So thank you both for your ongoing interest. Let's talk again very soon. Thank you. James, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Matthew Newman is MX's chief correspondent in Brussels. Jakob Krupa is our London-based reporter covering data privacy and security as well as telecoms. And we'll post some links to our recent coverage of the WhatsApp political update commotion. Just go to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X, marketinsight.com. And head for the soon-to-be-renamed Insight Centre tab. Don't forget that you can subscribe to MLEX Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Leave a review if you can and help us spread the word. That's it for today. We'll be back in your feed next Friday, GMT. I'm James Paniki. Thank you very much for being with us this week. I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.